Well, welcome to Basecamp Backside here with Brooke Hempel. We, as no surprise, have had such a, a rich conversation. I knew 23 minutes would not be enough. So, Brooke, uh, welcome back. Thank uh, you. If for some reason you're listening to this, like, what was the other part? Well, there is a kind of the main episode here, and this is the backside of it. Uh, we are having a great conversation. I, I'm tempted just to re- let the mic run between these episodes because some of the better things get said. And I was just confessing that it's hard to be the guy who hosts these things because I'm listening and I'm like, wow, that's really good. And, ooh, wow, I don't feel really a- adequate about this. It's kind of like talking to the health guru who's telling us to work out three times a week. So, And I, and I always agree with that, but then I'm thinking, gosh, I don't know that I've done it three times a week. So you end up feeling <laughs> kind of guilty. And you're like, I don't know that that made me feel better to listen to that thing. So I, what I'd love to jump, what we were talking about is that there's always the perfect, there's no perfect parent, but I think we we idolize a parent um, as being the perfect one. You were describing earlier the parents of engaged Christians, the kids who are going the distance have parents who are taking the time to ask the questions, to teach the scripture, to be in their lives. And I totally agree. And it's, you know, we will never do it perfectly, but that's something we need to be conscious of. And there are other things. So jump into some more of this research on the hopes and the fears of parents. Mm-hmm. Well, what was neat is just on the hope side, because I think most parents will, will relate to this. Um, when we asked, you know, parents, what do they want for their, their teens as they grow into adults? And they simply want a date that lasts into adulthood. I mean, that's eight <laughs> out of 10. That's like their number one right. thing. For their kids, right. Right. Just awesome. Um, so that again, you know, back to that intentionality that, yeah. that they they realize that's not easy. Um, so we, we talked about that they have some great conversations and they they engage well in conversation, but there's still a lot of things that they're not feeling confident discussing. Even if they do go into that conversation with their teen, they kind of feel like I, I need some more education on this area or guidance on how to deal with this. Um, so the, the top two are actually probably not very surprising. Um, almost three out of 10 say I'm I'm not feeling confident or, or prepared on how to protect my team from harmful influences. And we left that a little bit vague on purpose because there's a lot of things uh, that parents may not be familiar with that could be harmful and they just don't even know enough to say, hey, watch out for that. Hmm. Um, and so, for example, I, I got a, an email recently about vaping and I'm like, I, <laughs> I'm, I might need to get educated. I'm not sure I know what that is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so there's a lot of things that parents realize, like my kids are encountering things I've never heard of. How do I exactly. help them navigate this? Well, you know, as you're saying that, I'm also thinking most of the evangelical church today, uh, I think, grew up in a, depending on which church in particular you grew up in, the idea that really the heart and soul of the gospel is our salvation and it's, it's receiving Christ and it's eternity with him and all of that. And I think the challenge for the church today in general is how do we actually interpret how do we live this how do we this it's the sanctification process we got justification down and i I think that's the scariest thing about it is we don't really know how to help them live this out and certainly i I think the strength of a classical christian school is that we're trying to give them the tools to think logically i mean just again Mm -hmm. i don't want to take us off on a tangent but just how many kids today even know how to formulate a thoughtful argument or how to mm-hmm. discern when they're being presented something that's just a false narrative. I, I did nice. a podcast just recently with a, um, a gentleman who is uh, founding a school up in Canada, and the pressure and that very—I mean—they're far more progressive in Canada than we are here. And so the, sure. the, but the problem is that so many kids just take everything that's said to them as as truth. They don't even know how to ask mm-hmm. questions. So to your point about parents, how do we help them then? How do we help the parent help this the child? I guess is really the question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that's 
schools have a lot that they can do to help equip parents, honestly. Um, so one of the other areas where parents feel unprepared is in an issue you just raised, which is navigating social media and technology use, right? It's like a quarter of them said that I do not know how to deal with this. And that's an area where schools actually could be really helpful because they just have so much more evidence of yeah. what's healthy, what's not. Well, and you mentioned vaping and some people, we should explain that's kind of electronic cigarettes, by the way. Mm -hmm. people are, there's a, I know you're familiar with Access. You've sent me some of their materials. They, they have a great free tool called the Cultural Translator that actually yes. takes current uh, pop slang and just movies and everything else and tries to help the rest of us figure out what's going on. Are there other tools like that that you have found to kind of help give parents a leg up? Mm, that's actually been my favorite tool. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, they're really good with that. So access is great because not only can parents access guides um, on their, you know, through their, through their um, materials, but also they come to schools and they do lots of programs to help educate um, people working in the schools, administrators and teachers, as yeah. well as parents on uh, how to encounter the world of culture. Mm -hmm. um, but on this particular study, so this isn't just a parent guide, this is a, a whole family guide. Um, our sponsor was Impact 360, and they have an institute in uh, south of Atlanta. And they equip students on how to think critically, um, either through summer programs or gap year programs. And as a parent, I keep saying, hey, where's your parent program? I'm ready for it. I know. Exactly. <laughs> um, because right. I want to learn it too. <laughs> I know. Well, that's, and that's, yeah, we should have that as a part of this our conversation here, that's exactly what we're trying to do. We, we all feel like we're, we're playing catch up in so many ways. We don't even know the terms, much less what's going on. So yeah, right. that's good. Yeah. We'll keep going. Um, so two other topics that came up, parents felt unprepared to talk about sexuality, two out of 10 said, you know, I'm still struggling with some of these modern interpretations of basic yeah. sexuality topics. And then the other one is kind of what you just described, um, moral and spiritual uh, relativism, right? Mm. What is truth? Yep. So that was a common concern for parents because it's like, well, if you don't agree on what truth is, how do you even have an argument or conversation about something? <laughs> um, you don't know where to start if you can't s cite to a point some to something that is um, actually true or fact proven. So that's an area that parents feel um, that they struggle with. And honestly, that's, that's just one of dialogue um, that... You have to really start early with kids. And again, classical Christian schools help with that uh, because they help kids to think through logic. But getting your teen to realize like the way that the world talks is not necessarily the way um, that helps us to find answers to things. And so we have to learn to think critically and learn to question appropriately and respectfully yeah. um, to, to seek answers because they are there. Well, and to your earliest, I think the right beginning of the podcast, we were talking about just kids today may know the truth, but they're so culturally conditioned to not say anything other than uh, to in, in the fear of offending someone. So, I mean, that's a whole nother, I mean, you've got all these, these, um, right. all of these pressures coming together where they're, they're both struggling to even know what is true. And then they're also fearful, even if they found what's true to say that they believe it. So it's kind of a mm -hmm. perfect storm. Exactly. Yeah. So one other area that this was a kind of a different question, um, but we asked parents, what, uh, what do they wish that the, the church or youth program their kids were a part of um, was better equipping them to do? And uh, a third of them said, think about their career. Hmm. What are they going to do in their life with their life? And that has actually become an increasingly difficult question um, because of the cost of college. And so you make a big investment. 
And there's also this weightiness to understanding who I am. Identity really, really, really matters with this generation because in previous generations, your identity was handed down to you. It was who your family was yeah. or what you were born into. But now we have a culture that tells us we shape our own identity. So suddenly people are fixated on this and teens especially are fixated on like, what am I going to become? Yeah. Um, so navigating that, navigating the kind of vocational, what I'll call vocational calling. Um, what has God given us the gifts to do and how has he called us into whether it's the marketplace or ministry or whatever that may be? How do I make sense of that as a believer specifically? Um, that's a really important area for um, really anyone who's touching the lives of a teen to be yep. cognizant of because it's it's always been the question, but it's even more poignant now. Well, and that's like, that's the tension that's in our culture that it's all, it seems like most of it the thrust is about what you're going to do versus who you are, and that that yeah. information formation tension, and that's a lot of clearly what we care deeply about in our schools is how do we form them. I've I've made the case many times that if you want to be an adaptable person for a changing world, then you've got to be able to reason well and know who you are and know whose you are. And uh, yes. you had sent me an, actually an article. I, I maybe in another uh, no, it was I guess the card no, it was access on the uh, the Google's Google's own admission that they don't want to hire. Uh, I guess they're yeah. cautious of STEM people only, so which seems sort yes. of counterintuitive. You're looking for liberal arts majors. Finally, I mean, the liberal <laughs> arts schools have been struggling with that for years, and all of a sudden, actually, all these technology companies are realizing that no, the really good thinkers are the ones who are coming yeah. from liberal arts backgrounds where they've learned to think logically and critically, right. and they can actually solve good problems. Right. Um, so I, I think the answer for parents in that is it's really important, which is. The schools, the educational system, focuses the students in on what you will be as defined by your career. Mm -hmm. And like being able to push that aside as a narrative um, to your kids and everything is telling them that. Like, you know, the yeah. colleges are and the, even the test prep is telling them that. Being able to push that aside and be like, God has got something awesome for you. How do we help you be the best person that you're going to be? Not so that you can conform to someone else's right. box. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And what's the average adult changes vocations? I don't even know what ten times. It's probably way more now. I mean, just the. And then what's the what, what's the career? What's the vocational track going to even look like in a decade in terms of just the changing job market? So, oh, sure. why would you sure. want your kid to be hyper trained in a very specific technical or, you know, vocational type area? Um, it's as good as vocational training can be. At any rate, okay, that's really helpful. Hopefully, it'll free some folks up from worrying about that. Anything else in this yeah. uh, study? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, so technology, technology, technology just yeah. keeps coming up in different forms, um, and it's not it's not just how do you use it, but it's it's thinking about the longer term ramifications mm -hmm. of how has technology or social media shaped the way my child interacts with other people or thinks? And then how can I be aware of that and help kind of develop the muscles on the other side of their brain that yeah. may not be used as much? Um, so that's just something what, to be cognizant of as a parent. Is there an answer to that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I know we fear that and I know we feel that. Is there a, are there any success success stories there? I mean, I'm still navigating that with my own family, but yeah. in my mind, um, I, I do still insist that my kids are looking at me with their eyes and not at a phone. Yeah. They don't have a yeah. phone yet. Um, you know, so, so being aware of, it's really actually Andy Crouch, uh, we worked with him on a, a book called Tech Wise Family, yes. and it's a great approach. Um, it's really understanding 
that the tool that you're using is a tool and when do you use it and how and and almost not even having an answer but just having a norm so we as a family this is what we agree to do or we as a school this is what we agree to do and when you have that norm and you're all playing by those rules then no one gets upset or offended because you've you've agreed the norm so it's really more about just kind of setting what expectations yeah. are and what's appropriate and helping your team to even be aware that there are expectations yeah. and there are assumptions yeah. around how you interact. That's really good. That's a great book. Um, for sure. If, if folks haven't read that one yet. Well, very good. Well, Brooke, anything else that would be a, kind of in, in this study that you're talking about with parents, hopes and fears? Kind of covered it um, I always like to end with this because everyone's like, so I, I, I hear all what you're saying and I get really nervous and anxious about this generation. <laughs> Fair enough. I yeah. do as well. Um, and they say, so what's good about this generation? Um, so two things to keep in mind, what's good about this generation. Uh, they are free thinkers. Every generation usually that comes up is, is not constrained to what their parents and grandparents were constrained by. Um, so just innovation drives us that way. Yeah. Uh, so they, they can think really differently and creative and have a different perspective that's helpful. And the other is that I think there's a lot of opportunity and hope. Um, again, as a Christian parent, we're not going to encounter this in quite the same way, but it is a generation that generally does not know God in the way mm -hmm. generations before did. And so we have the opportunity for our children who are going to grow into adults and live in this culture and society to be an incredible light and bring hope to people who, you know, this is not their grandparents mm -hmm. who grew up in a really comfortable environment and just went to church. No, they could, they could be changing lives simply by sharing their faith. That's awesome. It is huge. That. that was one of the biggest takeaways from the, the first interview we did. And I thought that is such great news. We finally have a moment where there's no cultural history or narrative, all of the, you know, the televangelist or the broken church things that we may have remembered growing up isn't there in their collective memory. So they're, they're mm -hmm. hungry and they're open. And I think mm -hmm. the more, um, the world that they've been handed becomes as they delve into it, it looks, uh, baseless and, and empty. I think mm -hmm. there's a real hunger for yeah. something of truth and substance. So that's really great news. Well, Brooke, it's yeah. always good chatting with you. I'm looking forward to, uh, um, hopefully sharing the stage with you this summer at the ACCS conference. So that'll be fun yeah. to be able to, we had a chance there at Heritage in Atlanta to talk a little bit, uh, have you share some things regarding the culture and I get to talk a little bit about classical Christian education and some other pieces of that, I, I think will make a roadshow eventually, which would be a lot of fun. So yeah, it's always be. good talking with you. Thanks so much for all Thank your you. great work and uh, we'll definitely have you back on. Thanks again. Thank you.